Hey guys. So I originally thought that this podcast was going to be weekly. And then I had a moment of inspiration earlier this evening and I wrote something and I want to share with you guys. And I know that it is not a week from when I released the last episode. It's actually not even 24 hours since I released the last episode, but I decided that that was a self-imposed rule and I can change it if I want to, the weekly cadence. (laughs) So I'm gonna read you guys something that I wrote, something that I partially wrote when I was vagabonding around Western Europe a few months back around the holidays Uh, something that I wrote bits and pieces of before I even left LA and something that I added to this very evening and it's called friction points the name will make sense once I read it Um, I hope that this resonates for you it's deeply personal very vulnerable and just let me know what you think of it So, there I stood, facing an aisle of cheaply made Swiss Army knives and ballpoint pens in a souvenir store in the middle of Zurich, Switzerland. Three weeks and eight countries into a spontaneous solo European backpacking adventure. I silently deliberated which small Swiss token my dad would like the most. Obviously, when you're backpacking, souvenirs have to be small and lightweight, something that I did not consider when purchasing not one, but two large wedges of vacuum-sealed specialty cheeses at the Cheese Museum of Amsterdam the week before. All in all, standing there in that story was a rather mundane moment amidst my travels, I would say. And then all of a sudden, my heart started beating at hyperspeed and my vision blurred. I felt dizzy and short of breath and I needed to sit down, but my only option was a dirty souvenir shop floor trodden on by probably thousands of tourists that day alone. So that was a hard pass. My vision narrowed. I tried to breathe deeply. I wondered if the store clerk standing nearby could see the panic on my face. Then, almost as quickly as my panic attack came on, it dissolved. Oh, and by the way, I chose this lighter-slash-compass-slash-thermometer thing for my dad. As a former Boy Scout, I knew he'd appreciate such a multi-purpose trinket. What in the goddamn hell was that? (laughs) As I stepped out onto the crowded cobblestone street on that chilly November night in Zurich, I wondered to myself, why now? Wouldn't it have been a more appropriate time to panic when I packed up my Los Angeles life and drove my Wrangler eastbound on the 10 freeway, away from the only world I'd known for the last 11 years? Or when I found myself in a tattoo parlor in Austin, Texas a few weeks later getting my first ever tattoo immediately following a trip to the salon where I dyed my hair brunette after a lifetime of being blonde? 
or pulling into my parents' driveway in Bluffton, South Carolina a few weeks after that, having no idea what I was doing, where I would live, or where my life was going in general, wouldn't it have made a lot more sense to panic in any of those moments? But nope. My mind shows a moment when I was halfway across the world by myself in a foreign country to have a mini psychological breakdown. Thankfully, the panic attack itself was short-lived, but my ongoing diagnosis of it has not been. And here's what I've determined. The panic attack was the point that signaled my conscious mind could no longer keep my unconscious mind in the dark. I had made so many drastic changes in my life in the last three months, and the aggregate overwhelm of it all had finally hit. Us humans are amazingly adaptable, especially considering the global pandemic we've been through in these last three plus years. And I've always thought of myself as being even more adaptable than most. Actively seeking out change and discomfort is something my ego has built a nice little prideful story around. But this wasn't a choice and my unconscious mind had had enough. It's time to put this overconfident, world-traveling, adventure-seeking bitch in her place, is the voiceover I imagined that it said. So what started all this? Why did I blow up my life with no idea what I would do next? I think my pesky inner voice had been hinting at it for a while. A growing pile of momentary but acute moments of resistance feelings of resentment while filling out another needless spreadsheet for a newly appointed mill manager with zero leadership ability, apathetic sentiment towards another new hinge match that I myself had swiped right on and then promptly chose not to respond to in the messages. Deep contempt for the LA housing market every time I wrote a $2,500 rent check for my 900 square foot one bedroom apartment. But I think what really made me realize I needed a change of environment was what I'm now calling friction points. For me, this meant thinking about starting something new in this same city that I had called home for over 10 years and my intuition immediately and decisively vetoing it. Do you guys remember that little hammer that the doctor would use to test your reflexes when you were a kid? You know, they would lightly tap your knee, just like to make sure that those involuntary physical reflexes were triggered into a response. And I think of friction points as the reflex hammers of change. Sometimes we don't truly know that we're in need of change until we think about doing something meaningful or new in our current environment. And in August of 2020, I had just left a job as a senior account executive at an ad tech company. I had spent the last 15 years building a career in corporate media ad sales, but there was definitely an underlying pattern that I had refused to see or accept for pretty much that whole time. And that pattern was that I was not a blind loyalist to any company. I needed a why a reason why leadership made certain decisions that I was expected to execute on. I needed to understand and actively agree with the why in order to be a good foot soldier for their mission. 
And the more I didn't get the why that I needed, the more I resisted carrying out their mission. One manager actually even told me that I was, quote, combative after I asked her why only the male salespeople, not the women, not the female salespeople, only the male salespeople were invited by the president of sales of that company to go to the college football championship game in Orlando, Florida as a sales team bonding event. Ah, oh, yes, sexism is alive and well in, in those corporate walls. So uh, when I started to deliberate over whether I should apply for yet another corporate ad sales job or consider starting my own company, that reflex hammer in my mind hit me with force. And the answer was neither, actually. And more accurately, it was neither here, here in LA neither and a few days later while watching the latest episode of house of the dragon i got a notification of a new hinge match and there it was again the reflex hammer not here in la i didn't check the app and i like many angelinos had a toxic abusive habit of perusing houses for sale on apps like redfin and zillow I would save the, you know, aspirational listings, of course, the multi-multi-million dollar homes in the hills with the incredible views and the high vaulted ceilings and the modern earthy decor that just says, here I am, I'm a totally zenned out multi-millionaire. I'll be meditating. But I would also save the more you know, realistic listings, the only maybe $2 million-ish, 1,200-square-foot bungalow in the valley. But even that modest abode for LA was out of my financial reach. Reflex hammer number three. I would ask myself, do you really want to afford a home here, Kristen? Is this really the place that suits you, that reflects your values and who you are right now? No, the answer was no. And the point is that a lot of times we're just going about our normal day to day. And in that kind of haze, our senses are dulled. We aren't tuned in to what feels right. And more importantly, what doesn't. We drift through the day in this kind of half conscious autopilot to allow our inner knowing to make us aware that we're not happy would mean disrupting the life that we've built, the life that we thought we wanted. And it's easier to ignore that inner knowing, to bury it, to convince ourselves we can't do anything about it. We're creatures of habit and we prefer the path of least resistance. That's just human nature. And as Adam Grant, one of my absolute favorite thinkers, says in his New York Times bestselling book, Think Again, he says, we tend to prefer the comfort of, con of conviction over the discomfort of doubt. So we stay. We stay in the relationship, in the job, in the house or the apartment, in the familiar misery, simply because it's familiar. And some of us could stay there forever with our thick insulative layer of denial that we ever wanted more. But some of us can't. Some of us hit a tipping point. And for me, that tipping point was the accumulation 
of several of those friction points just stacked on top of each other. So now, here I sit in a small town called Somerville that I'd actually never heard of before I moved here. And if one year ago, someone had said to me, Kristen, in the next year, you're gonna get cheated on by your boyfriend, have a horribly painful breakup, quit your corporate job, start a business, launch a podcast, start coaching boxing, leave LA, wander through nine states and across 10 European countries, then land 3,000 miles from where you started in a little town outside of Charleston, South Carolina, I would have fit that motherfucker for a straitjacket because they are fucking crazy. But here I am. <laughs> so now, I am trying to listen to my intuition more. I am more willing to accept what I don't know, what the future could look like, where I'll end up, what I'll be doing, what kind of contribution I'll be making, what color my hair will be, <laughs> how many dogs I'll have. I remind myself constantly that if I really trusted the process, then I wouldn't try to control it. So I let it go. <laughs>